You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast. Exposing the struggles and celebrating the successes in the life of coaches who are action takers and creating authentic impact in today's world. Whether you're just starting out, expanding your reach, or exploding your impact, you're in the right place right now. Stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Now, here are your hosts of the Coach's Journey Podcast. What's up, Coaches Nation? This is Dr. Sherry Fluellen. And we are coming at you again for another amazing podcast on the Coach's Journey podcast. And we're here with our uh, co-host, Faisal Ansan, and we have an amazing guest today. We're so excited. Um, It's been a few weeks. It's been a few podcasts since we've had a guest. So we are so thrilled and so honored to have Michelle Huliev here today with us. She um, has some amazing uh, background experience in coaching and working in communities. And so she is going to bring to uh, bring all of that uh, into the conversation today to kind of help us understand how to level up as a coach ourselves, what it's like to be in a community that's functional, that is meant and intended to help us grow as a coach. Because uh, we, Faisal and I are very believed to the core of who we are, that being in a community as a coach is an incredibly powerful way to continue to grow. So we're going to have a whole conversation about that. And who knows what else? Um, <laughs> that's the beauty of these. So thank you so much, uh, Michelle, for being here. You have a very um, impressive and colorful, in a good way, uh, background. And, um, <laughs> Let's be careful. Because <laughs> it could go either way. You know? What I'd like to ask first, Michelle, you have not been a coach your entire adult life. You actually had a pretty successful career prior to coaching, which a lot of our listeners also have a, you know, a history of life before coaching. What was it? First of all, what did you do before coaching? And then what caused you to pivot into coaching? Wow. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Faisal and Dr. Sherry. I'm excited to be here. Um, As I was saying before we got started, I'm not usually on this side of things. um, So, (laughs) but um, a little bit, uh, yeah, about my journey and my background. Um, I was in the financial industry for over 17 years. and was kind of going along um, in that career. And I had always, you know, wanted to figure out something, something different, um, working more with more directly with people than spreadsheets. Um, so I was in spread, spreadsheets and research a lot. And I just, I started sharing with people, I wonder what else, what other, other opportunities are out there. I had no idea. I didn't really know coaching existed. And I started hearing different things from different people. One of my friends said he had gotten coaching from his company. And I'm like, what's that? That sounds really interesting. And I majored in communications in college and I took courses that took us into companies and did some sort of um, projects that were coaching-like. And I said, I wonder if there's a career in that path. And the more I shared with people what I was kind of looking for, um, people started kind of nudging me like, I've heard there's a coaching course. Maybe that's what you're looking for. So I went through on the side when I was still in the financial industry, I went through a coaching training program um, on the weekends and became a co-active trained coach that way while I was still in the financial industry. And um, after a year or two of training there, um, my company decided that I worked for and I worked with a great team there. They decided to return funds to investors and we all kind of moved along. We're nudged out, which was um, 
I needed a little nudge. <laughs> and I made the transition there and went through some more training, became a certified high performance coach, um, which is the framework I use now with my clients and kind of went from there. And it was just, um, I didn't even know coaching was out there. And, but the more I started sharing like some things that I was interested in and what I was looking for do um, into doing, um, people just kind of said, well, have you heard of this and heard of that? And it just, it was so amazing. I remember thinking like, there's a career out there like this and people do this. And in that process, I had also hired a coach. Um, and so I had experienced it as a client as well. So that's kind of what helped me pivot um, to a coaching career and just a random roundabout way. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> random, probably not so random, you know, depending <laughs> on one's belief about uh, how things turn out. What I love in that story, Michelle, is that uh, you're heavily into uh, helping build community right now, and you actually harnessed your community, the people around you, even way back then, to get their perspectives, to kind of get their kind of thoughts. And uh, so really, I mean, you you are solidly immersed in the, in the belief around the value of community. Yeah, I... Community has always been a big, important piece of my life in so many different ways. I mean, as I said, I spent 17 years in the financial industry and I was really, I mean, I think community goes way back for me, but um, I worked with a team that was an incredible team between two companies and they were real, we were like family um, between those two companies. And then my community from my colleagues and my neighborhood and just everything has been such a that's real a real important piece to me. And I live in a in a small town that in the middle of the busy Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, and it's like community is a central piece. So that's always been something I've looked for. Um, it's a very connected small town. Um, so that's always been something that has been highly important to me. Um, feeling connected and like knowing our neighbors, being able to, you know, knowing my continuing that connection with my friends from college and high school and all of that, and making sure that, you know, we we look out for each other and we take care of each other and yeah, that's been a big, important piece for me, always. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and it feels aligned with me as well, because and I grew up in more of, um, I didn't grow up in a more of a nuclear family, just even going back um, to, to my childhood, even though we were kind of in a nuclear household, but we were always around aunts and uncles, cousins. And it, like, I remember when I was um, uh, like anywhere between three and a half years old, all the way to to when I was 13 years old, we were in this apartment complex, but my uncle was uh, in front of me, my aunt was there and we all like went into each other's place. Like it's as if it was the same place. Oh, <laughs> and like, we couldn't, like as kids, we didn't like, we knew that this was our home to sleep, but we spent more time there and my friend's place was there. And so it, it like, it was interesting because it gave us a sense of like first security for one thing. And, and it, like it was a, a different land, but it wasn't our hometown, home country. But also it gave us a sense of, okay, there are all these people looking out for us and, and helping us and gave my parents a sense of, okay, it's not just them looking out for us, but it's just at the basic foundation level, it, it makes a huge, huge difference. I, I loved what you said about that nudge. I think every coach I've talked to, they, they, they've had that nudge to some degree to kind of jump into this thing. I'm curious to hear though, like after all these years of you being around coaches and doing coaching, like what speaks to your heart about, about coaching? Like what, like does, what is it about it? And 
what do you in retrospect when you're looking back like what do you think about coaching that now that you're in it maybe it's not as random as dr sherry mentioned like how, how do you feel about the whole process how about the what pops out for me about yeah, what, what is it about coaching that connects to your heart i i love i've always loved people and i just love hearing people's um helping people and hearing their stories and helping to guide them to see different possibilities for themselves. I think that's the piece. I mean, I, I love the, I particularly love one-on-one coaching. Um, that's where, what really, I'm really passionate about. I just love having this connection and seeing that there, sometimes people don't see for themselves. I mean, I think we, all of us, we get in this, like we can kind of have blinders on, so to speak, and, and, um, not see all that's out there or, helping people to see different perspectives on things. I think that's really the piece of it. And that can, for me also, it's that connection, the connection between the coach and the client. Um, and I know being a client of a coach before I became a coach, it was like, oh, somebody is here for me, cheering me on. And somebody is, you know, helping to guide me to what's my next best self. And I think that's that's the piece there, that connection and really being able to um, support people in their, in their process to, you know, have a better life and feel more positive about themselves. I mean, we all go through ups and downs and especially in the past few years, and it's helping people to see like, okay, where you may be in a, in a, like a tough time, but there's, there's hope out there. There's positive. um, We can find a positive direction and helping them create their own answers. I think that's the piece that I really love too, is as a coach, I don't have my clients' answers. They have their answers, but sometimes it's hard to see those answers. So like that connection piece, I think having, having a connection with someone who can help you find your own answers and give you that space. I think it's also about creating that space too. I love that. I might have derailed the community conversation, but but no, I, I love this because I mean, the, our, our listeners are coaches. I, I think it, and we need to understand how this connects to, to all of us, because I think a lot of what you said connects to me is like, I, I love that connection piece. I, even though I, a lot of what I do is group coaching nowadays, but I still have my handful of one-on-one clients that I really feel connected to. And I've, many of them have been with them for three years. Uh, two plus years at least and it's just incredible to think about that it's like oh how we've gone through a journey a lot of them out let's connect it back to to community so you've spent quite a bit of time at least the past few years as far as we know that built up the the community of coaches that we're part of and we felt connected to that to the certified uh, uh, high performance coaching community and that's uh, part of it then what would you say like maybe we can start with First of all, why is it important to create a community, an online community of people to come together? And what is what is the significance of it in, in our path as coaches? Um, and then we'll start with that and we'll we'll talk about like what does it take to sustain that that, that community? So what is what is it about um, community that that we need to go into? And then we'll we'll talk about what it takes to move that forward and who who to talk to about this. And then then Michelle Michelle has helped us kind of stay connected even through pandemic <laughs> uh, with the high performance coaches. And uh, and it was so great to see you in person this past year too. And then actually get to hug each other. 
I know it was great to reconnect in person with with the community, um, the high performance coach community. I am as far as community, I think it's super important whether you're doing group coaching and creating a community in that sense, or creating a community like joining a community of coaches or whatever the profession is. Um, because just like I was saying earlier, the connection with with my with clients and coaching, I think it goes to as coaches, we need that connection for ourselves to continue to improve and learn from each other um, and to not feel not feel alone in the journey. Um, I think that's a, a really important piece, whether whether it's um, you're new as a coach or an experienced coach. And I think this is true for like whatever profession. This can be across the board, but specifically speaking about coaches, um, because if you're navigating, you know, building your business, or even if you're within a a corporation and doing this, there's so much to still learn. And I know within the community, the high performance coach community, there are people from so many different um, backgrounds that bring so many different experiences into the community. And it's just, I think the creating that space to continue those conversations of learning is really important and to feel like there's a space to reach out when when you don't know where to go or you don't know what to do or you don't know what that next step is or how to get there or you want to practice with somebody. I think a, creating a community is a really important space. And I think that's um, that it's that connection piece really grounds, really is a grounding piece. Not sure if that really answered the question, but I mean, I, for me, it's it's the connection. The connection is huge, and I know for myself, when I have community, I feel like there's so much more that's possible. It's like having a, almost like a built-in group of coaches, um, you know, a built-in coach, kind of leading the way um, with that. Meaning. Or, or a community of coaches where you can reach out and say, Hey, I need a helping hand here, or I don't know how to do this, or will you practice a session with me? Or how do I set up my business this way? Um, I think it's just a, an incredible resource to have a community. And then there's the emotional piece of it too, that connection piece, which I think as we've learned, and we think we've always known this, but I think it's just been so highlighted in the past few years of how we all need that for that emotional support is huge too. Probably put a little context around this, Faisal. I think I totally forgot to share with our listener. They're listening to us and they're like, what community, what community, what she? So Michelle, you are the basically the point person to coordinate and put boundaries around and maintain the certified high-performance coaching community which is Mm -hmm. a certification under Brendan Richard. And there's over 1,200 coaches who are certified who kind of fall under this umbrella that you're trying to help connect and build community with. And and you've been doing this for how many years? Um, Since 2015. Okay. Was that like eight years? That was a year I got certified. That's when you started? That's when I started um, as the community and program uh, director. And I was certified as a coach the year before that in 2014. Cool. Cool. As a CHPC. Okay. So, so uh, go ahead. Sure. I was going to say there's, so I just wanted to make sure that our listeners understood like you're, you've been managing a lot and you've got a team under you to kind of help the community run. And I think there's two ways that we can take this conversation and that we are taking the conversation. There is the way of, as a coach, 
How am I in community to grow myself? And then there's going to be a lot of listeners who are like, I'm trying to grow a community that I can manage and lead and help other people grow. So I think there's the application goes in two different directions. Um, So I just kind of wanted to clarify that um, because I think both are really important in the life of, of a coach and the journey of a coach. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Having that, having that support system as a coach, a support system of other coaches, a community of other coaches, and then creating that for your own coaching clients, creating a community, whether it's a community of, uh, for your group coaching clients, and they're all going through the coaching together as a cohort or evergreen or however it's set up. I know people have various ways of setting up their group coaching, or if it's a way you bring your one-on-one coaching clients together in a space where they can share and connect. And I think one thing that is really, um, powerful in for for client well for uh, in both cases it's that continuing to have the conversation and those growth conversations that happen outside of a coaching session or a coach training um but it's it's creating a space and an environment a safe space and an environment for that continued learning and continued support where i mean this my perspective is and I think it, it depends on each person, how you're setting up your community, but having an intention of how you want your community, what's the intention of your community? So for the communities, and I've had, I've done group coaching and had a community for my own group coaching as well. So I've, I've seen both sides of, of community and, and running community and setting that up. I think one piece that is really important is to be clear on what's the intention and how is it going to be run? Meaning in both cases, I have, my role is to kind of stand back and hold the space and create that space and have the boundaries set up around it. But I don't always initiate everything in it because it's a space where the community members create those connections and ask those questions. And it's more holding the space and creating boundaries within uh, boundaries and guidelines, which I think are really important. Um, in either, in either situation for community. So I think those are really important pieces, but allowing the community to, um, ask questions of each other, share with each other and really keep that conversation going. Yeah. I love that. And there are a few other things you said, even before this, which, which I thought were really brilliant because, one of the things, especially with coaches, and like we're talking to coaches as well here, is as you go on this journey, one of the first feelings that appear is the feeling of like you feel alone. Because it's one thing to like if we're going to those events when we're whenever we go to our certification event, we're around everybody, we're excited, we're dancing, we're hugging each other. We come home <laughs> and we're all excited to start this week. I mean, we, the first week you're excited, and by the second week, you're like, oh shoot, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> Who do I reach out to? <laughs> Who do I connect with? And I think. One of the most powerful things that I've seen, and it kind of goes back to Sherry's uh, point around, like there are two sides to this: is like how how do we how do we conduct ourselves within a community, and then how do we run a community? Because there are both sides of it uh, are mm-hmm. there. And I love what you said, Michelle, is that creating that space and setting up guidelines around it is important. Um, so for me, like I've been on both sides of it and uh, just one thing I've learned in the certified high performance uh, uh, community, first of all, I think you hear from me quite a few times like, hey, Michelle, did you not approve my? <laughs> 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 and so I'm posting stuff and I'm engaged. 
but also in the background, I, I learned just uh, the, after the first two years of kind of being there, because I was in my own little corner and I was just trying to figure things out and getting frustrated. At some point, I remember I was like, okay, that's not working. Why don't I just start talking to more coaches? And that actually helped me a lot. And, and part of it, that was, that became sort of the birth of CMC as well, but also even just being engaged within the certified happy performance coaching community where I started reaching out to more coaches talking to them and I learned so much just interacting with them and then later on as I kind of moved forward I, I became a little bit more active I'm like okay anybody needs help I can help you it's, it's uh, like reach out because I knew like how hesitant I was to reach out to people and yeah. and that's I, I think what what makes that that community powerful just as from perspective of being part of something is to be helpful to be there to support each other and not feel like you're alone and I, I think it makes a huge difference. And a lot of the time, especially in, in the coaching world, I think one of the things that's understated is that that feeling of loneliness goes on. And the main thing that I've learned how to deal with it, I'm in conversation with coaches constantly, like probably three times, four times a week. Uh, probably more if I were to really look at my calendar. Uh, it would be, yeah, it would be more. It would be more. It's just three to four times a week just with me and some of I, our, I know. our colleagues. <laughs> But but that has helped me. Like I've stayed with that, and and I'm all because there are very few people that understand what we're doing unless unless they're in that path. You, when you're around them, you get so excited. You're like, okay, you're trying this thing. I'm doing this thing too, and I'm struggling with it, but I'm trying to figure it out. Just being part of that struggle together makes it so much easier. And yeah. and every coach that I've talked to, it's been the same thing. It's like, oh, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And and a lot of it, they think that it's a solution they can't come up with. But a lot of it is those and that emotional side of like, I feel alone. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good feeling for human beings. I mean, we figured that out during the pandemic. We figured that out. Definitely. Yeah, definitely having having a community to reach out to and not and be able to feel connected with. And as you said, like in between in between times when, you know, there may be a a coach training or in-person piece, um, but keeping that momentum going. I know that when I first became a coach, I reached out to the beta coaching was a big piece. I know that for me and just making sure I was connecting with uh, members of the community to practice and have those conversations. Otherwise I felt like I was staring at my computer not knowing what was next and just floating. And so it was a real anchoring piece for me, especially in the beginning and still is. Um, and I learned, I feel like I learn so much from community. Um, and it's just so many different perspectives out there. Like there's no one right, right way to do things. And I love hearing how there are, you know, people share like all their ideas of what they're working on or how they're approaching something. And it just, it can, I, I see it within the community, how it can spark so many other ideas and so much more positivity where someone may be feeling lost. I mean, I've, I've seen stories of that too. So I think it's like that not feeling alone and, and helping people continue to move forward. That's I think what community does and see different perspectives. So if you're feeling stuck as a coach, if you're feeling lonely, if you feel like nobody gets me, nobody understands me, everybody thinks I'm crazy for wanting to like constantly be pushing myself and doing things that um, I'm uncomfortable doing, but I feel like are to my benefit and to my growth, that may not mean you're wrong (laughs) or you're in the wrong spot. It just may be a signpost that some, you know, surrounding yourself with some people that can appreciate what you're trying to do, can validate that, 
and can support you in that journey of really trying to grow and, and be the best that you can be and have a, you know, leave a positive influence on the world. Um, so sometimes when we feel that ickiness, <laughs> for lack of a better term, we're like, oh, it must be wrong. May not be that at all. So just kind of bring in a little perspective there for us um, as we're on our coaching journey. Yeah, and 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 I love that. The other side of it is from a, from a moderator or facilitator or the, the running a community. We're we're still trying to figure that out. Now, like our community, like our Facebook group went from, I think just a few months ago from thirty to like six hundred and something. And you you were talking about guidelines. <laughs> we're still trying to figure out those guidelines. <laughs> we just had a conversation about that end of last week. Like, whoa, some people are posting things that aren't really. Part of our shared aspirational values in our group. What do we do about it? Do we require to pre-approve posts? Do we, do, you know, so there's all of these little technical things, but um, I think it goes back to Michelle, you're, you're uh, astutely saying like there had, what's your intention with the group and then fostering that. Yeah. I think it's really important to like, yeah, having an intention and knowing what the purpose of the group and the community is. And then also what is, um, what is helping, what helps support that, um, vision for it or that intention for the community and what distracts from it, what takes away from it and being, and it is a learning process. I mean, I believe me, it's, (laughs) it's a learning process. Um, but over the years, I know that ha- having boundaries and um, I say boundaries, but guidelines and rules and not to be like, these are the rules, but sometimes you need to be very clear about the rules. And one thing that I have found is that it really helps. At first, I was like, I, I don't know about these rules. And and I have to say, like, the rules don't all come from me in the community, in my situation, in, in the coaching community. Some of those were set by the company. And um, but, you know, they they get modified based on what we see and what challenges come up that we learn from. But I think it is important and very kind to be very clear with the with the rules um, because people have really good intentions. And if they don't know what the rules are, it's, I would say most people have really good intentions. Um, and, and, Remember some exceptions. <laughs> you just, um, just had a couple memories pop into us. I'm curious. <laughs> but most people want to do the right thing and want, but is, but we have learned, I have learned that being really clear with it and following up and reaching out are important pieces to just explain things because, and I will sometimes say this post, for example, using the Facebook, this post, um, you know, our guidelines say this and for this reason and go on to explain, or like, this is a really fine line here. And it's, you know, like a slippery slope when it comes to this. And if maybe something that would work would be saying something like this. So giving people different wording or a different approach so they can see um, what, you know, where that line is and being understanding that people just want to try to connect and having coming when, when we're, when we're setting guidelines and, and reaching out about those, understanding that people come from a, a play, a good place and they just want to connect, but sometimes they need help knowing where that line is and how to do that. So I think that's um, something that, I've learned that our team has learned along the way, like being very, um, 
I'm not, but very kind about the outreach around it um, or trying to be kind. I'm sure there were situations where like we were maybe a little more abrupt. I don't know. It's been a learning process, but I think also having those clear, clear guidelines helps people learn what the guidelines are, um, even if they don't know upfront, but having those conversations around it. And then when there is a situation that kind of isn't quite appropriate, we actually hear about it from other community members because we want to keep it a safe space. And so that helps the community support the community. They're, they're making sure that um, they'll let us know when something doesn't feel right or when something comes up because the intention, we've said the intention is to connect and help support each other. And for example, one thing in our group is no marketing, no marketing, no pitching to the community, all of that. Um, so when we hear something or something goes a little off, we hear about it from other community members because it's so important to the community to have that safe space. They help maintain it too, um, which I think is a really important piece. So you're not the only one enforcing that. It's actually coming more from the members because they understand the intention behind the. Yeah, they do. And they they that's important to the members as well, that they, you know, that these, that everyone you know, understands this and it is a safe space and that it's, um, it's a space for sharing where it's, there's a focus. It's a focus on coaching, helping each other, cheering each other on. It's not a place to be bombarded with marketing or advertising or, you know, just a bunch of other stuff in there. We've made it very clear. This is what it is. And the members help support that. I really love that um, because then that becomes the part of the value of the community, like value yeah. system of the community and part of the vision of maintaining that, which is really powerful. Um, I'm, I'm also wondering because, I mean, I have my group coaching community as well, similar to you. And there, and there, these are some of the things that some of the coaches might be wondering as if they're creating a community, what do you do about engagement? Because I mean, uh, CHPC is a fairly engaged group and I don't know how it is with your group coaching. Even for me, like at times, my group coaching community is fairly small, uh, more of a higher ticket program, but not that many people. The engagement is a little bit difficult in that, at least what I've noticed. But I've, I've watched like when, within our uh, coaching community as that has number of people has gone, gone up, the engagement has gone up as well. So what are some of your thoughts? Because you said that I give them the space to kind of create that. Right. But did you need to kind of, um, move that along a little bit or encourage that in the beginning? I think there have been times where it's, um, where there needs more encouragement, um, and times where it. well, I think lately the engagement has been very, um, uh, the community has created a lot of that engagement in more recent time, but in the beginning, I think there were more, um, there were times where we would post uh, some questions or try to uh, kind of, encourage the engagement in ways and especially coming off of um like we have a monthly a training call so coming going into that or coming off that so trying to tie things in and we did this more a few years back trying to tie things in more with um you know around events or you know encourage that way get some more energy and excitement going around some other things that were going on outside of maybe the Facebook community maybe it was a lot a live training or a virtual training one of our monthly trainings or an in person event where there's that energy so trying to kind of capture 
and use the momentum of another um, event or training to keep it going and continue that conversation in there, I think can help with that. And because people get really excited about those connection times and they want to share about it. They want to, I know we see a lot more engagement around our monthly calls. Um, so that kind of people start popping in there a little bit more around then. Um, so I think that is something that we've done in the past to help um, with engagement. Now it's, there's a lot of people asking questions and connecting in there pretty regularly. Yeah. yeah. So in the beginning, what I'm hearing is in the beginning, we will need to do a little bit of work to engage the community, whether it was through through questions or through the trainings that we're doing and asking questions in relation to those or getting them to get involved in those things. And then later on, as the numbers pick up, then people start to get more and more engaged anyway. And, and a couple of modifications that I've seen over the years, even within the CHBC group, is that mm-hmm. we've brought in a networking component as well, mm-hmm. where people get together and has that been helpful? Yeah, we brought in, um, are you talking about our online or virtual? Yeah, on, online virtual networking. That, yeah. That, that we- so during the pandemic, I mean, the CHPC community has been used to over the years getting together in person at live events and having a space to connect in person before, uh, just for the, for the for the coaches before a bigger event would begin. Um, and there was so much connection time and networking and just the community really thrived on those opportunities. And when the pandemic hit, we just, that obviously all that stopped for several years. Um, We just went back to our first in-person event last month um, in December. But during that time, there was a real, um, it just felt like something was missing. And so we tried to build in some networking sessions uh, throughout the year to give people a chance on Zoom to connect and put them into breakouts and have those conversations that they, similar to what they might've had at an in-person experience. Um, So kind of help giving an opportunity to connect more, have more in-depth connection and kind of giving people a chance to meet someone they may not have met otherwise. so that it's kind of was random, whoever you were thrown in the group with. Um, so I think that really, that helped keep people in, connected and engaged um, when we were through the pandemic as well. Yeah, yeah so, I, for me, it was helpful when I, when I was engaged. I, I really loved the networking pieces of it because I, I wanted to stay connected. And, and what it would do is like we would get together with th- four or five people and I never talked to some of these guys yeah. and I would connect with them afterwards too, because I never really, not everybody engages in the main, let's say if right. you have a Facebook main feed, there are very few people from what I've noticed that regularly engage. And then most of the people that are more in observation mode, is that something you've observed as well, Michelle? Or- yeah, I think there's a handful of people who um, are more active in the Facebook community, Um and I think there are groups of people who have connected in other ways, whether it's through a networking session or through a live event, who keep their, they have their connections and their group of coaches that they connect with outside. So I think, and that is one thing that we really encourage. I know you, you have you have done this um, in finding coaches to stay connected with and do beta coaching and along the way and, and getting uh a few years back getting started that way, um, we encourage people to find, connect with, you know, three or four other coaches and 
find, make a, a create your own little pod and go from there with it. Um, so we really encourage that. I think that's built into a lot of our language as well. I know um, Brandon, the founder of the coaching program, encourages that through all his trainings. And we try to encourage that, like reach out on the in the community to look for a, if you need a someone to practice with. And we see that a lot in the community too. But just encouraging people, like directing them, like connect with each other, stay connected. This is your support system. Keep going. You can always reach out, you know, to to me or to whoever, you know, the the company who's running the program, but stay connected with each other. And really, I think that language has always been, or more recently has been built into our communication as well. Like just reminding, I think one piece about community is also the communication and building in reminders around stay connecting, keep uh, connect and practice, um, join this piece and and network and meet more people. So I think that language is a big piece that we've built in and just giving people opportunities to connect and keep that going. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Michelle, I'm curious, as as the CHPC community has been progressing and and evolving through all the crazy world events, uh, you guys have had some experience on the integration or the synergy between the virtual community and um and and the per- the in-person community now you've had that synergy for quite some time and then that synergy went away because half of that went away for a period of time through that whole process what have you guys learned as maybe some best practices or things that you guys are like oh we definitely need to make sure we do things this way in the future or as best we can what are some of those synergy kind of best practices I think that one thing that we have learned is that how important the virtual piece is in keeping connected. I mean, the in-person piece is huge and amazing. And I was so beyond grateful to be able to go back to an in-person event and just see people face-to-face, like real life, um, last month. And I, I remember when you guys announced it, I was waiting because I didn't want to sign up for the virtual. And I was like, yes, I love the for meeting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there, yeah, there's just a, a different type of energy. And I don't think the virtual element will ever go away. And because it, it also has, it, it provides so many opportunities to stay connected when you, you don't have to travel or the expense or connecting with people who are halfway around the world. There's um, just so many more possibilities for connection in the virtual in the virtual space as well. So I think we realize the importance even more so of the virtual piece. Um, and we we love the in person too, but the virtual piece, um, bringing making sure that's that remains. Um, is a really big piece and it it just opens up so many opportunities. And I think when you're talking about, I'll just touch on one piece of training, it's how people um, are connecting day to day in their coaching businesses. So it gives practice to, this is how you're going to be having conversations with your clients. Um, It helps people to focus a little bit more. So we, I think the piece is virtual is not going away. Um, We're not, you know, there's still, it's still keeping a combination of both of those. And in a, a live setting where you're kind of doing a hybrid piece, just making sure that there is focus still on the virtual as well to create 
it's looking at all the details of how do you create the experience um, virtually. So for example, making sure that there is somebody engaging with uh, the community um, in chat or or the virtual element, whether it's a hybrid or a completely virtual piece. I know we have some amazing team members who do that and really make sure to give shouts out um, in the chat. I think that's one piece that really we learned a lot about making sure that connection and that where you can't give somebody a high five um, virtually, really like in person, like you're doing that in the chat and finding ways to celebrate people and engage so people feel seen even on on a big uh, Zoom um, that way. Those are the ones that are popping out for me right now. I'm sure there are so many more, but they're just not coming to mind. I and mean, we learned so much during the during the <laughs> the past few years. I mean. It was a lot of pivoting, a lot of pivoting really quickly. Um, but uh, those are the two that are popping out for me right now. Just continuing the engagement and having a combination of, of you know, in-person and virtual continuing moving forward. Which, which uh, like, I'm, I'm curious now because much of what we've done has been virtual and, and you've had experience both in a mix of in-person and virtual and also during the pandemic, mostly virtual. Um, so do you in some in your experience do you feel like it's important to have the in-person component if we're like building it for for our clients um i i kind of noticed that last year i collaborated um with, with another organization who's doing in person and i connected that with my virtual community and I invited a bunch of my clients there for me it was amazing because i got to sit down with my clients after two <laughs> two and a half three years of coaching with them and just being with them in person it was a whole different experience i feel yeah. like it connected us more um, so in your opinion, as, as a coach that they're starting to build, should that be something in their mind to build a in-person component while they're focusing on the virtual? I, I personally think in-person just has a whole different energy level to it. Um, just the side conversations that can take place. I, and I know that it isn't always feasible sometimes to have everyone come together in person. So I think that having a combination of, you know, maybe there is an in-person element option, but also making sure that people who cannot attend the in-person option have an opportunity to attend virtually. I think that's an important piece. So they, if they're not able to travel or to, that they can still be part of the community and still connect. I know that's one thing we did in the in our past in-person event where we still had a virtual element to it because well, we was the coaching summit the only one that you guys did the the virtual plus the virtual component of it. Yes, that's our first event back since the since uh in almost 3 years. So that was our our first piece of it. Uh so we we did have a virtual element to it and we had team members actually facilitating that piece of it um, so that people could participate that way if they could not travel. So I think if you're building a community for your coaching clients, I think it's, I, my opinion is that it would be helpful to really make sure that all there's an opportunity for everyone to participate, even if they cannot travel and be there in person. And that may take extra work, may take um, additional team members to help facilitate that. And it's not, you know, there are two different experiences, but you're including everyone and everyone's included in that community in whatever way they are able to participate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then I'm thinking about, I mean, obviously it depends where you are on, on the journey. If you're just bringing a few people together, I don't know um, how you could do it. And also there's resources and technology and all sorts of stuff right. that goes into it that, that makes the process complicated. And, and actually I'm thinking about the facilitation side of it makes the facilitation complicated as well. Um, but if you're in a place, I feel like if we're in a place where we can include everybody, I think that's a really cool practice to have, especially those. I mean, there are CHPCs who are all the way in Europe and all parts of the world. Yeah, they, It was not feasible for them to travel as, as, as easily as some of us uh, were able to do that. So it is, it is such a great thing to have, uh, which is a power of technology, which kind of takes me towards... Um, because I know uh, growth has kind of experimented with Circle as well, and there are community features that are popping up in Kajabi. And and, and then that, to this day, as far as I know, CHPC is within Facebook. So what has been the experience with the technology, with the interface? With Facebook or with... Uh, so yeah. like what have... Like, what have you learned around like being in Facebook, uh, developing your virtual community in Facebook versus Circle versus all these other platforms that are popping up around community engagement? For a variety of reasons, we've decided to, at this point, decide to keep the CHPC community in Facebook um, for just some of the capabilities that we needed at the time we were looking at different platforms. So... There are other communities that uh, the company runs that are in other platforms, but for the needs of the coaching community, we kept it in Facebook for at this time. So I can't really speak to all of the different platforms because there were reasons we didn't move the community or the coaching community over to any of those because of some of the guidelines and some of the the things we needed, um, some of the capabilities we needed for that specific community. So, but I know that there's a lot of people who, you know, do a lot in Circle and in Kajabi. We just have not uh, moved the coaching community to another platform for a variety of uh, capability reasons for what we need. Yeah, sort of. I'm as I'm thinking about it. From for example, I was thinking about bringing in. There's some people who don't even want to be in Facebook. <laughs> yeah. There's especially politically, there has been a lot of stuff around that. And then I was thinking, okay, what if I added them in WhatsApp or Kajabi? And then some people don't want to be in WhatsApp. So like mm -hmm. it creates a challenge around how do I communicate with everybody? And I think part of the reason why these other interfaces are popping up is in response to that. that, mm -hmm. need that okay, Facebook and all these social media platforms are becoming so political. Right. Some people just want to move away from them for because their clients don't want to be on it. So yeah. have you dealt with any part of that at all? That is not a decision that is on my plate um, to make. So I, when we receive feedback, we pass it along to someone who makes those decisions on the platforms the company uses uh, for various communities. I will say that we do use, and while it's not a community as in Facebook and, and commenting as much or posts as much, we do use uh, Kajabi for a members area. And we do post a lot of things to keep the content and the training and communication in um, a members area, which I think is a really important piece of community is a way to to still have the a place where people can log in to find communication as well. And, you know, a lot of people will comment um, in Kajabi. Kajabi does have a comment feature. So that is also an option too, but a way to keep the communication stored in one spot if people need to reference it as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and uh, we'll we'll kind of start going towards wrap up, and then a little bit of just some context for those who don't know what these are. Is like these are several like Kajabi is a platform where you and I've had um, since I think since we got the promotion from Brendan, I've stayed with Kajabi until now. <laughs> And basically, it's a platform that allows you to kind of have your email marketing, your products, your payment system, everything in one place. And I like Kajabi for those purposes, and it allows you to have a common feature. But recently, so I actually was with one of their access managers, and she was showing me around the new community feature with they, with they, I think they collaborated with, what, are they, what is that company? Um, Bitly something, Lee something. Oh, Vibly, Vibly. So they collaborated with Vibly to create this community feature, which was really cool. As she walked me through it, it was really cool. I've always had reservations for moving my, from one to, to the other one. But when I was looking at it, it was kind of a mix of uh, like a Facebook feed plus mm -hmm. like a WhatsApp type of environment. You could do both. And we're, kind of, we're experimenting with that with, uh, within CMC a little bit. Um, but having an app with that and being able to seeing like if these technologies pick up, it might make it easier for people to stay engaged, especially if there's an app and kind of stay away from the other aspects of social media that might be distracting or they don't want to get involved with, just as a context for those who are listening. Michelle, these are just four kind of simple questions um, just to kind of give our listeners a little more resources. What is one of the most influential books for you in your coaching journey? Oh, gosh. That's always the hardest question. That's a really hard one. Now I'm like racking my brain. To <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to go with one of uh, Brendan Burchard's books. Um, for me, I love high performance habits. Um, it, I think I love the stories that he tells in there. The client stories um, really help to land some of the concepts that I coach on. So I love that book. Um, so I will just leave it at that. I'm awesome. sure there's a bunch of other ones, but that's what's coming <laughs> to mind right now. There's a lot of books. Um, I That was my pivotal book uh, to shift me out of uh, being uh, solely in the psychology world as a psychologist and shift me into coaching. So that's fantastic. Um, Michelle, what are your hobbies? What do you do in your off time? Oh, I love to hike. I love, we have a lot of trails around here. I'm in Northern California. I love hiking. I love to go to the beach and um, I love to travel. I haven't done as much of it in the past few years, but we're planning some family trips and getting back into travel um, to get back out in the world again. And um, yeah, I just love being outside, outside and exploring. Yeah. And you have two vibrant boys who are teenagers and, and all of that craziness. What is life like at the Julio uh, residence with all of that going on? Oh, it's, Never dull. <laughs> um, I have a 16-year-old, almost 17, who just got his driver's license last week. Um, so yes, it's never a never dull moment. And I have a 13, almost 14-year-old, two boys. Um, they keep their very different personalities and uh they keep it interesting. They definitely keep it interesting. We have lots of laughs and um you just never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> this is not one of my four plan questions, but I've got to ask, what is your, what has been your biggest mom fail as a coach? Like the, one of those moments where you're like, Ooh, here, I could use this strategy with my son. And then it's like, Oh, it goes horribly wrong. 
Well, I have to say what my older one, he, he's a talker. My younger one is a little quieter, but my, my older one is not shy about expressing himself. And he, I don't, it's just across the board. He's like, mom, don't try to coach me. Don't try to do your coaching stuff on me right now. (laughs) (laughs) I love the imitation voice. (laughs) He's like, I hear some of the things you say in your office and I know this is a coaching question. I love that. I've gotten to the point where like my husband has stopped being a little irritable when I ask him questions, but I'm like, can I not even ask a question before I'm being accused of coaching? Like, come on. The people in our lives, they know, like my wife literally says, I know your coaching face. Which is that? My husband has said that too. Actually, that's kind of funny. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Michelle, what are wh- what do you think separates a successful coach from the ones that give up, fail, or just really never even get started? I think it's persistence and reaching out and connecting to other people to help um, reach out for our help, ask for help, stay connected to other coaches or other um, entrepreneurs, other mentors, and just keep going. Just that persistence, I think, is is really key. Awesome. By the way, I wanted to bring up that that point. Thank you for bringing that up. I think one of the biggest points in in that our conversation in our community is that what what it helps, and I think in the biggest way possible, is it keeps us going on because it's so easy to give up. It's so easy to just just stop. It's so easy to do all that stuff, but just continuing on and uh, being persistent in what you're doing it, it makes a huge difference, and the community helps with. So thanks for bringing that up because I completely forgot. Absolutely. So last question is quite a big open-ended question. Where do you feel like the coach or the, the field of coaching is headed? Oh, wow. Well, I, I think there's such a need right now for coaching, um, especially where we're at in the world. I think there's such a need for and I know coaching is not um, therapy. Obviously, that's a very different training and skill set and just completely different. But just coming out of the past few years, I think there's such a need for, well, I know there's a big need for therapy, but there's also a big need for coaches to keep people, get pe- people back in the swing of things. I think this process, the coming back into out of the past few years, I think is going to take a long time. And I think people needed coaches before the pandemic, but I think people really need coaches now. And it's that going back to that piece of having someone in your corner, helping you to navigate, helping you to find your own answers for yourself um, and having that connection to somebody. Um, I think that's a huge piece. And I think it's going to, people are going to be reaching out my opinion is people are going to be connecting with coaches even more so because of, you know, where we're at in the world. And there's just such a need. Do you hear that coaches? You got to make sure you're out there. You got to make sure you're telling people what you do because they need somebody and they're never going to know to find you. If they don't know you exist. We, we kind of joke about uh, the idea of being a covert coach um, a lot of times, uh, you know, we, it feels, seems like when people shift into the coaching world from wherever they were before, there's, there's a little anxiety, a little nervousness. What if I say I'm a coach? Are people going to understand? Are they going to doubt me? Are they going to, and so they kind of just want to keep, you know, tight lipped, but this is not the time to keep your coaching 
covert and silent. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, and and I, I, I think this whole conversation around community is so important because, I mean, for me to have a full-time coaching business, for us to keep going forward, it, it came from other people's support. Like, I, I, I don't like this idea of, well, I'm self-made. Actually, no, I needed a lot of help throughout the, <laughs> the whole journey. I needed help in my skill sets. I needed help to kind of get me to think about the business side of things. I needed help to even connect with people and communicate and understand people better. I needed help on how to talk, to forget about everything else. And then that came from like amazing people who encouraged me on the way, like amazing coaches, amazing influencers who consistently helped me to like encourage me to move forward. And Michelle, you were one of those people, like you, you always kind of been supportive whenever we meet in person and just encouraging on whatever we've done. So I want to thank you officially on that. And we appreciate that a lot. And I just, whoever is listening to this, just, stay connected with other people who are on the same journey as you because this path is not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be a challenging path to help you grow. And in the process, you're going to help a lot of other people grow in your family, in your community, and your virtual communities that you, uh, you create uh, or in-person communities, whatever you're creating on your path. And, and I hope this conversation helped you and, um, you've got value around this definitely share this with other coaches and make sure you like this this wherever you see this uh, at this point but i do want to get michelle to share like where can people find you to connect with you and uh, and and learn from your wisdom oh goodness um <laughs> i'm kind of low pro low profile low key because i'm always connecting through this the community i run but um i'm on linkedin um yeah i'm on linkedin is probably the best way uh to to find me and so make sure you guys like this post uh wherever you are in the community and share thoughts about about like what are your thoughts about creating the kind of community you want to create what are your thoughts about being part of our community and what can we improve in the process because we are learning and we're failing forward <laughs> as we're going in, on this path. And I think a big part of this conversation is like, I was curious, like, how do we, how do we, how do we do this better? Because every day we're kind of facing a new challenge around, okay, how do we keep people engaged? How do we make sure they're supported? How do we make sure that we keep that safe space? How do we make, make sure that they're challenged on their path to, to, to grow? And just like you, we're learning as well. Um, so thank you all for watching. Thank you, Michelle, so much for being here with us and, and, you, and taking the time out thank to you. do this. Thanks for having me. It's there our pleasure. Go. It's a pleasure to have you here. Bye, we'll everyone. see you guys next week. You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast.